Well, this morning, my brothers and sisters, we celebrate the great feast of the Transfiguration of Christ, a very important event in the uh, earthly ministry of our Lord. And uh, what what was its main purpose? What was the Lord doing here in the in displaying His glory to His chosen apostles? And remember, this is it's the select three. Okay, so you know you've got these concentric circles of intimacy. You got the twelve who are really close, but then you got the three who are or who are the closest. Okay, and so it was the three that were chosen to be brought up on Mount. It's it, reputedly it's Mount Tabor uh, in the northern part of uh, Israel. Uh, this text doesn't say that, but by tradition, we, that's a common belief. So they're up on Mount Tabor and they behold Christ, and He's transfigured before them. And he's luminous, and his his body is emitting light. It's actually so powerful, it's like shining through his clothes. His face is emitting light. I mean, this had been a wonderful sight to see. Uh, why did the Lord do this? There's a lot of reasons. I mean, there's a very, very deep, profound um, rationale behind this. One of the one of the reasons, though, was simply this: the Lord knew that the apostles were going to soon enough encounter this whole series of events whereby Christ, their master, who they hoped was the Messiah, was going to be arrested, was going to be put on trial, and was going to be put to death. And so there was a real danger that the apostles were going to just totally lose hope and lose faith and lose, oh, I guess we made a mistake. (laughs) You know, I guess this guy wasn't what we thought he was. Okay, so in light of that possible discouragement, Christ gives them an assurance of who he is. And uh, this is one of the most powerful assurances of his identity that you can imagine. God the Father speaking from heaven, saying, this is my beloved Son. What more testimony do you need? And uh, so... Also, very interestingly enough, they were kind of quiet about they not kind of they were quiet about it afterwards. They didn't broadcast this around. <clears throat> After Christ rose from the dead, they put two and two together, and then they were able to tell the story. And so also it comes down to us through the testimony of Peter and uh James and John. And then we get Peter's own testimony to this event in the second reading here, the second uh, letter of St. Peter. So for us, what's the application in our lives? Well, we're going to encourage, or I'm sorry, we're going to encounter discouraging things in our life. Okay? It's inevitable. And we're going to think, well, maybe I'm mistaken in this whole Jesus thing. You know, maybe he's not who he's supposed to be. Right? So that's inevitable for us, just as was as it was for the apostles. And so the Lord, just as he gave to them, so he gives to us this amazing assurance of his identity as the Son of God, as his status as God himself. And so, my brothers and sisters, what could there be, really, that we could ever encounter in life that would really totally discourage us? Of course, maybe we might feel discouraged a little bit, but like ultimately will make us to give up hope. Nothing. Nothing. Jesus is who he says He is. Jesus is who he said he is. Jesus is who he says he is. He's the Son of God. He's got everything under control. It's going to be okay. 
even if we encounter something as dark and as confusing as the passion of our Lord Himself. We, he's given us, and we have, the assurance in the, in the mystery of the transfiguration that He is who He says He is. So, again and again, simple message for us all is that we just need to simply trust in Jesus and to entrust ourselves to Him completely, knowing who He is. Because He's the Son of God, Everything's going to be okay. He's got everything under control. No need to freak out or to fear or to be discouraged. He is the Son of God and He is risen from the dead. Hallelujah.